probably should have stopped drinking after the show, honestly. I mean, it's Sunday, it's right? you like, oh, everybody, welcome to Garbage Game Club. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Garbage Game Club. Oh, you're trying really hard now. I'm not trying I'm really, really hard. hard now. I'm doing all right. You're having a great day. What can I do to make your day better, Nick? Produce a show for me. <laughs> yeah. Most people want like like money or drugs or sex or food, <laughs> and I can give you at least two of those things. <laughs> but like, you're just like, hey, can you do my work? I have. I. You know what? I don't have so much work. But the thing that I'm doing is occupying so much of my mental capacity that it feels like I have a gargantuan amount of work left. Mm. It feels like I have an ins like just the most insufferable climb I have to do. But really, that's not the case. I have done the prep. All the pieces are in place, but now it's just a matter of playing the waiting game where it's like, I know what I need to do, but I currently physically am unable to do it because I don't have, I am not in the production office to actually film the things that need to be filmed. That's the only thing. That's the thing that makes me antsy. It's idle hands hours, you know? Real idle hands hours. I mean, just masturbate more? <sighs> no, that'll hurt. That'll hurt? Yeah, man. What, like, you're on a strict, like, one-a-day regimen you can't go over? Yeah, one a day is even too much. I agree. I this isn't a topic for the podcast. What do you mean? I, I, I it's definitely going in. I, I know, but that's only because you're too late to edit it. Um, I I I have a vivid memory of telling a buddy who I won't out. It's not one of the ones you make fun of on the show. Uh, a, a long time ago, me and like I, I, he's like, yeah, I jerk off like two times a day, and I'm like, you're that's insane. And then I'm like, even like every other day sometimes feels like a lot. And I thought that I was the normal person. Turns out I'm not the normal. I person. feel like most dudes is like three times a day. That that's ass. That is absolutely insane. I mean, I'm just guessing here. I don't know. That's insane to me. I know that I have a low sex drive, which I'm sure translates over to that. <laughs> but what? No, I just think it's funny. Why is it? Funny? I don't know. That, that's that's you want someone to laugh at everybody for the record. <laughs> what? I, it's fine. I know you don't care. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's fine. I don't. That's no judgment. Yeah, it felt like a lot of judgment. Um, I'm but, convinced you're. I'm convinced you're just uninterested in sex. Yeah, that that's that's fairly accurate. It's, yeah, it's really. It's, it's that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Not important to me. Um, what's important is, is, is money and he, power. He wants the video games. Video games, money, and power. That's actually <laughs> what I care about. Uh, I'm just a broken person. Uh, but um, so then I, I went on this crusade to like ask more people because I'm like, well, well so th there has to be a spectrum here. Like everyone's got to go on a bell curve, right? And, and I thought like every other day would be normal. Turns out it's really on the low end for, for the sample size I have. And I'm like, What? So I, that, I that think was that was a revelation. I mean, I also could have a very biased sample size. Mm. It was like people were younger. There were there was maybe only twelve people. Most of them were white. Mm. There's, there's a bunch of problems with with my research. I wonder if masturbation transcends race. Scott, well, we all know Mexicans are really horny, right? <laughs> Jesus, you're not supposed to say that out loud. That's that's a moment I'm probably just gonna leave in the video. 
or yeah, in the episode. Someone can, yeah, because again, you're too lazy on other problems. It's not lazy. It's out, just right? this is this is the the buildup content. You know, we're supposed to be talking. You're just saying that it drives people insane. Well, maybe you need to go to church to get some ablutions in. But you know what? God, I'm sorry, that's Some inevitable curse has made it so that the, the the only thing that gains your sanity back has been locked off. So now you have to do something that inhibits or, um, I guess, promotes other vices, a la Darkest Dungeon. Dude, we're here. Welcome to Garbage Game Club. He's Nick. I'm Joey. We're um, talking about video games. Because it's a podcast that we do where we play a video game. And you know what the thing that I, that I think is? I think this might be the, the year that I play almost a video game every week. I know we don't have like a full weekly case. We've played a lot of video games this year. We've played a lot of like, I've really been like axing through the backlog. I've been playing a lot of games. Quarantine has definitely helped with that. It's given me more free time. We just need more pandemics, you know? If we have more pandemics, I, how, come there isn't, you know, how come there isn't a site? Like, you know how there's that movie GG. Site? I knew I had a feeling in my bones you were going to ask this question. It's called GG. It's called GG. There's a site slash app for your phone called GG that lets you track the games you play. Yeah, like what's the like one letterboxed? It, yeah, like what? Where's the letterbox for games? I'm it's convinced. GG. I'm convinced that we could have like a dope as fuck G. Why aren't we doing that? I feel like GG is exactly what you want. I feel like it's just a no, little bit, a little bit behind in terms of development compared to something like letterboxed but gg's pretty good as far as keeping track of an online diary of games you play that's what i've been using recently i i recently discovered it yeah because you probably were like what why can't i leatherbox my games yeah exactly i've been doing that for everything i've watched yeah the the we should if we had like a garbage game club gg like People could follow us and be like, "Man, they really like this." We probably have to, we have I mean we have different opinions on stuff. Yeah, we stuff, can like, we can set aside some time. That should be pretty easy to do. Yeah. I have I have a list. I actually went through our backlog of episodes and marked down everything that we've played. Huh? Yeah, we're up to quite a few. We've played quite a lot of games, and most of them have been pretty good and stuff that you know. I feel like I feel like if I wanted to give someone a list of like games they should look at and consider playing, I'd be like, "Look at the podcast feed." Is the worst game we've played Ghost of Tsushima? No. No. The worst game I play was Sinai Wild Hearts. What? No, you're crazy. That's like two hours there of has, your time. There has to be another game on that list that like I also didn't enjoy that much. Probably. I, man, Sinai Wild Hearts is so good. But you know what a game that I did enjoy? And a game that takes definitely longer than two hours. Dude. <laughs> Darkest Dungeon is a game that it feels like the epitome of a backlog game for me. It's something that is indie, so it's not like, you know, super in the headlines, but it's kind of a little bit of a, I hate this word, gem in the sense that you have like YouTube commentators or Twitter people being really excited about it. It's cool enough to like get DLC. It's cool enough to like get people excited. DLC about to the time that we started playing it, like... A new DLC for the game literally dropped as we started playing it, mm-hmm. which is wild. This game is what, like four years old? Yeah, it is pretty old. It, it, you know, and while it while it doesn't tick all the boxes to make me like super excited to play it from the get go, it's like, ah oh, man, enough people who I respect have like touched this game that I feel like I need to play it as, as a you know, as as a uh, because they've told me to, mm-hmm. you know. I've always been a little bit apprehensive towards Darkest Dungeon because 
for the longest time, it is like, as you said, it is the game that the people that I, whose opinion I respect the most have always talked about it. Oh, you got to check out this game. This will, this will eat up all your free time. It's so good, blah, blah, blah. But I have always approached it with a little bit of apprehension because like, uh, admittedly, I'm not the biggest like dungeon diving game fan. Oh yeah. I don't like Diablo. It seems a little antithetical to a lot of the things that I do like, like turn-based RPGs, but I've always had an issue with dungeon diving slash dungeon mapping RPGs where it's like a la Etrian Odyssey, Etrian Odyssey, where you have to, you know, in a first person style perspective, literally navigate a dungeon step by step and map it out as you explore. On theory, in theory, I really like that idea, but in practice, it's never really grabbed me. I've tried so many times, which is why I've put off Darkest Dungeon until now. But oh boy, I think I'm in a in a in a world of hurt because there's a whole laundry list of games that borrow elements of Darkest Dungeon that I'm like, I think I'm ready. Because I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed my time with Darkest Dungeon in the same way that like it feels to me, which is this is a very Nick anecdotal evidence when it comes to this game is I approach it as like the same mindset as a cookie clicker. Almost. You ever, you, ever, you, ever, you know what cookie okay, clicker I'll, is? Of course I know what cookie clicker is. Don't don't belittle me like that, but but how so? It just feels like a game that I can just have on in the background throughout my workday because we are in an unprecedented time where we are just literally working from our $2,000 plus work slash gaming computers. Like We we are definitely in a privileged position. Mine's not $2,000. Yours plus is definitely $2,000. My, my computer's not $2,000, but that's fine, Nick. Well, I'm just saying, we have high-end PCs. We are capable of running games like on a whim. I think you're just trying to brag about your PC, Nick. Well, my PC's fine. I'm, it could be better, I assure you. But it's just the idea that we are working from our home computers so much that it's just like inevitably there's going to reach a point when we're in our day-to-day activity where we're like, well, what if I tried to play a game while I worked? And that is what Darkest Dungeon became for me. It is a game that I kept on passively. Oh, come on. Don't act like you've back. been doing this before. That was what Paper Mario was for you, and that's what... Well, no, I think... That's what... Death um, Stranding. Death Stranding is for you, and that's what Impossible Layer was for you. But, that, but Darkest Dungeon is the one that kicked it off for me because I was like, oh, it is possible. It is impossible where I can just pause and the game won't do anything and it's fine. Because it is a game that I think that when you are actively playing it, completely, completely immerses you in its world building, in its mechanics, and it has you weighing these difficult options in your mind like at, at lightning pace without realizing it. And you're making very important choices at the drop of a hat and you just don't truly recognize it until after the fact so the fact that you can have a game with such deep mechanics that seem to fly by like lightning it's just it's truly baffling to me it seems to occupy the same mind space that this game tries to explore of madness and you know the cosmological insignificance of humanity in relation to greater things like there's just something there that just i feel myself losing time in the way that i feel is appropriate for the theming of this game so I first touched Darkest Dungeon probably about, I want to say two months ago, mm. because what I was doing was I was kind of going through a bunch of like, 
best games of all time list, uh, best games of, of the last decade, um, in, indie gems, uh, Steam review charts, because we, in doing the show, uh, exhausted a lot of our first picks. Mm. Pretty, you know, I mean, not not rapidly. It took like a year, but we exhausted most of our first picks of games we wanted to actually be playing, right? Um, and there wasn't any AAAs out at the time. So I was trying to build another, like, backlog of, you know, Darkest Dungeon, FTL, Gone Home, like, all, all these games that, you know, I probably should have played given, you know, any reason of excuses, right? More indie darlings, you know? More, a bit more indie darlings. And even some, you know, like, there's other games on the, on the list, like, you know... Of uh, that I tossed in there, like like Chrono Trigger or like Backman Arkham City or like all these others. <laughs> Backman. Backman. You said Backman. I said Batman. No, you said Backman. Nick, you're drunk. No one should know. This is an audio format. No one can see us. Joe, you truly said Backman. I did not say Backman. <laughs> I was thinking about Pac-Man. Uh, did you know in Japanese his <laughs> name is Paku Paku? <laughs> I'm sorry. Go for it. I. I, f- I downloaded a bunch of video games mm. to, to test out. Like, I gave a bunch of games, like, the 15-minute teaser. Maybe, like, a 30-minute teaser to be like, okay, like, let's do this for the podcast. Ah, you know what? Let's not do this for the podcast. Darkest Dungeon, out of probably, like, those 15 games I downloaded, were the ones in those 30 minutes that I had a feeling of, oh, fuck. Because I knew right away that there was something here that I'm not normally super into that was really like ticking boxes for me. Old, weird, gothic, art aesthetic, uh, medieval stuff, don't really care about it. Um, generally, I like turn-based combat. I think turn-based combat can be a lot of fun. Uh, I think I get that from the simplicity of enjoying like the old Pokemon games when I was younger mm-hmm. because I never really played JRPGs. Like My experience with turn-based RPG combat was like mostly a Pokemon thing, right? Yeah. So I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed... Um, like like the difficulty of it. There was a bunch of things that I'm like, hmm, I know I'm going to like this game. So I had to stop playing it. Because if I kept playing Darkest Dungeon, I was going to like get into this big rabbit hole. Um, cut forward two months later, it comes on sale on the Switch. I've been waiting to play this game on the Switch because I, I thought the whole time when I was playing on the PC, I'm like, this is a game I want to play on the Switch. I want to like I know it feels like a good handheld. It experience. feels like a good handheld game because I want to be able to play it in bed, listen to a podcast. I want to be able to go out on on the balcony and and lay down on on the hammock and play it. I want to be able to oh balcony have hammock. I ripped the hammock. I'm too fat. Um, anywho, we can talk about that later. I I waited. It came on sale. I was excited. I downloaded it, and I'm like, okay, I'll get to it. I didn't jump right in. I'm like, I'll get to it. Um, I, I had some free time last weekend. Last Thursday, I started playing it. Uh, and for the first hour, I'm like, huh, you know, maybe I was wrong about this. Maybe maybe I wasn't actually as into it as I thought I was going to be. And then hour two came along, and I was so far gone. I was in the darkest of rabbity hole dungeons. <laughs> in the last... If you look at my at my uh, my Switch playtime, if you sort my games by playtime, Darkest Dungeon is now the fifth most game I've played on my Switch. Oh wow! It goes Breath of the Wild, Slay the Spire, um, Mario Odyssey. I don't. I Breath of the Wild, Slay the Spire, Paper Mario, and the Origami King. Oh wow! Mario Odyssey. 
Darkest Dungeon. I've played it for over 40 hours. Mm-hmm. I've played it for probably close to 50 hours now in less than 10 days. That's a lot. That means I'm playing like five hours a day at least. It's pretty Give good numbers. I know. that That's a lot. That's how much I got sucked in. I have almost 100% of the game. I can't, I can't in good conscience tell you that I've finished the game. I still have the last two dungeons to do because mm-hmm. I did... The game, the game's weird. The way that the game develops, like, and the way that it was developed, because it started as an early access game and it kept on developing, you know, in in lieu with feedback. I, I think it was one of the earliest early access games. Yeah, back before everyone was just early access on Steam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was early access, and you know, I, I'm playing like the more finalized, polished version of it. But it's hard to the the game just like has like a checklist of things that you can do. It kind of basically says this is a thing that is possible to do. It's up to you to figure out how to go about and do it slash find it, which I appreciate. It doesn't do a lot of hand-holding. There, and it doesn't it, – there isn't even like – I guess the ultimate end goal is like finishing the fourth run of the Darkest Dungeon. Correct. But there's so much other stuff to do. So I did everything that wasn't the Darkest Dungeon first. I beat all the other 20 bosses. Mm-hmm. I got – Every person available up to level six. I have a rank six every every person. And now I'm going through the Darkest Dungeon. And I'll probably finish today, tomorrow, and I'll be like 100% of the game. And I looked at the DLC and I'm like, I'm not going to download this. I, I cannot. I'm not going to do you it. You didn't download the uh, Color of Madness? No, I'm like, I can't. Oh, I'm gonna, man. I need to get on with my life. Oh, man. Because See, I'm close to 100% of this game. Because And that, that in and of itself should just be like the top-level endorsement, right? I think any game that I am at or close to 100%ing is a game that I can just almost universally recommend for one reason or another. Yeah, man. I feel like um, as, as I'm probably as hooked on the game as you are, but I'm definitely into it for different reasons. Um, just from like an atmosphere-slash-tonal perspective... Um, I was immediately drawn to the game because of its uh, art direction and inspirations. Um, it's very clear that this Remind game... Remind yourself that overconfidence is an insidious killer. It, it's very obvious that the game is drive, uh, deriving specifically from the works of H.P. Lovecraft, a man whose, uh, whose work I have a complicated relationship because it's interesting to be a fan of an author only to realize that the author would have hated me because I'm Mexican. So that, like, that's a weird relationship to have with someone. But I think that this game borrows from Lovecraft in some interesting ways, and, and it adapts some concepts to gameplay in ways that I don't think I've ever seen a game manage. Like, how do you adapt madness into a game? How do you adapt fear into a game? And how do you personify that, not only through mechanics, but also through a player mindset. And I think that's something that this game truly, truly excels at. I think that this is a game of Final Fantasy tactics levels of immersiveness and deep, complex mechanics where there are so many things, so many mechanics constantly at play in every single combat encounter 
but the game still works even if you aren't aware of each and every single one of them. But each and every single one of those mechanics lends themselves to story building moments with each individualized party member that you decide to bring into the dungeon. Oh no, my leper has syphilis. There's something truly in like beautiful about bringing a character who is a paladin, a paladin, a character who is archetypically a religious zealot, someone who believes in lawful goodness and doing the right thing. And there's something interesting about turning them into an abomination of a human being who is now afraid to enter a church. Someone whose only course of repentance is by hurting themselves. So like, I think there's a lot of things that pop up in this game in regards to the general sanity meter that every character endures. The, um, the um what is it the disease um systems that there's are in play quirks, there's diseases there's sanity there's personality there's traits that characters can develop over the course of and the i game. don't care about a lot of those things but it's so interesting that it forces you on a mechanical level see this is the beauty of it it works for people who approach things from a mechanical standpoint and a lore standpoint because from a lore standpoint that's fucked up that this this religious zealot can no longer feel anything when he's in church. That's interesting. And for me, it's just like, God, I have to take them to the brothel. Okay, whatever. Like, exactly. Who cares? That's super interesting, but it costs so much money. Stuff like this, it, it drains resources in a way that's super, like, just, I don't know. It feels like... It feels like an economy simulator to some extent where I'm juggling the economy of my party while also trying to figure out the best party makeup to enter a dungeon there's just it's just all of the right systems mechanics and i think art direction that just all kind of form into one cohesive glob of goodness and and i think one of those two dollar words we always say in this podcast is emergent gameplay and there's just something so interesting about how the game managed to manages to i guess help you make your own stories when it comes to yeah you finished your mission but there's only like two rooms left you want to check those two rooms out it'd be cool if you just you know cleared out the dungeon why not it's one of those games that rewards you for exploring your greedy side while simultaneously punishing you for it which i love the game i it feels like a real testament to design and i'm interested in like how much of this game designed itself over iteration versus how much of this was on paper before they started. Because everything that interlocks with each other is super intricate. You know, you have the quirks, positive and negative quirks that, that you know, each character can have like five of that you can like get rid of in town. But getting rid of a, t- a quirk you know, puts them down for a turn. You have diseases which you can contract, which are like always negative and worse quirks that affect you in different ways. Some stronger than others, which you can also cure in town, but it takes time and money. Isn't it? Isn't it fucked up that one of your characters can develop abusive behavior and just hurt your other party members? Yeah, and the sanity, <laughs> like because you're dealing with not just health but sanity points, right? Mm-hmm. So care. So your characters become can, can become afraid, and if you have someone who's afraid in your party, they they drop the morale of your other party members, or go to the back of the line, which just fucks up. Like it ruins your entire battle, your entire battle strategy. It feels like your characters have agency outside of your direct actions, which is interesting. And there's good agency and there's bad agency. There's interesting agency. In the sense where it's like, oh man, I have to rethink my game plan, or oh man, I wasn't prepared for this moment, I fucked myself. But then there's also XCOM-esque RNG elements to some of the combat that's just 
continues to prove how maddening it is to miss <laughs> to miss a shot when you get when you have ninety percent accuracy. <laughs> and the, the, that'll never not feel bad. It'll drive when you I'm, mad. When I'm standing, you know, when I dodge an attack, I don't go woohoo, yeah, hell yeah. Like the the difference between me being excited for successfully dodging versus me being angry for missing <laughs> and the enemy dodging is a Marianas trench worth. Like it's incredible. Like I. I, I'm laying down, I'm playing, and I'm like, miss, miss, miss. Um, now I'm the one who's going <laughs> insane. It, it, it truly is a testament to what works as far as player psychology goes versus what doesn't. Because, like you said, failures outweigh successes tenfold, tenfold. But it's just, even when I fail in the Darkest Dungeon... I'm upset for a little bit because the character that I poured several dungeons worth of time into is now dead. I always feel the need to be like, it's fine. I can just bring someone else in. And that's interesting. The fact that you want to keep smashing your head against the brick wall is what's fun. It, it, it is, I think, tapping into the same pleasure center as something as Dark Soul does. Yeah, the games do draw a lot of parallels, especially if you want to even get into the whole conversation of, you know, um, mechanics as storytelling. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you can argue that the insanity that I'm feeling is the same insanity the characters are feeling. And the game is weighing on me to feel a similar way at, at, that the misery of all of my player-controlled, you know, characters are. Which is cool, you know? The fact that you know, the fact that the sanity meter is oftentimes worse than the health meter because you get multiple characters now who has, have abusive behaviors and then they just start snowballing on top of each other because, you know, my, my man-at-arms or my hound master becomes insane then he becomes abusive and then he makes everyone else, you know, lose their sanity and then they get another quirk because they're now insane and suddenly all my characters are having heart attacks and lose all their health and then I have to heal them but my my healer died and it's like oh no and it's there's a lot of strategic puzzling that happens in encounters there's a lot of resource management that happens when you go into the dungeon you know you get to buy provisions to take with you to mm -hmm. to heal bleeding or to heal poison or to or to, a special to, key to unlock a special room. yeah rewards you know and the inventory management like ev every we can do 10 to 15 minutes on every little aspect of this game. I can probably take, talk for 10 minutes straight just about how the inventory management system is interesting. because It forces you to decide what's important versus what isn't. Is it treasure? Is it stuff to keep your people alive? How much stuff do you bring into the dungeon? Because it costs money to bring stuff in. Am I going to be poor just to make sure I'm better equipped? Can I, can I really just edge out having one less torch, two less torches, and then just kind of like go in the darkness? We haven't even talked about the fact that the darkest dungeon is the, – the whole thing changes based on how much light's in the room and if, and if you like increase the light meter or not because enemies get stronger when it's dark mm -hmm. or you get stronger when it's light. And then that's a whole – there's so many different systems in place. There's light and dark. There's, there's bleed, poison, stun during attacks. There's, there's crits. There's stealth. There's the positioning of your four characters and who can only do specific skills in which slot they're on on your team, number yeah. one, two, three, or four. And then which positions they can attack from the positions they're in. And then everyone has eight abilities. You can only choose four. Same with campsite. You can only choose four. Uh, what, what about if you go into town? Do you want to spend your money on upgrading like armor 
and, and weapons? Or do you want to spend your money upgrading the buildings to make your people better? Or do you want to spend your money on trinkets because there's also like a bad system? Or do you want to spend your money to upgrade everyone's skills? Like It's so layered. It's so deep. It's a fucking tiramisu cake on top of a seven-layer dip on top of a diagram of the Earth's <laughs> crust. That's, that's how many layers are stacked on top of each other here and that all work with each other. And that's what's interesting. And there's a lot of times where, you know, you get out of a level and you'll spend like five, ten minutes just doing sim management of like, okay, I want to put this person. Okay, let me check out all my diseases. Which ones do I want to cure first? Oh, do I want to cure that person or do I want to send them to the, to the church? To because if I send them down? to the church, that means they're going to be out of commission for two days. And can I go two days without this character? Maybe, maybe they're at the threshold where I feel like they could escape unscathed you know it's forcing you to make difficult decisions and i mean i think that's what the best games do they just force you to make difficult decisions and n there's not a wrong or a right choice it's just how you decide to go about playing it and i think that's where the beauty of this game lies and i'm sure because they're also there's so many different characters there's like 12 14 15 different yeah, there's a different lot of classes unique classes uh, like like healers, people who are who are mostly you know buffers and support class, people who are frontline with more HP, people who inflict bleed damage, people who inflict poison, people who people help you find better on. treasure but are weak otherwise. Yeah, that's There's, so cool. Yeah, like people who pull, people who deal damage to corpses. People, there's like you can build ad nauseum numbers of compositions because you can also take like you know four of the same people at the same time, right? You can build so many different layers of, of compositions. It's, it's near infinite how many different strategies you can go into the dungeon with, which is super cool. And, and, and like, there isn't a dominant strategy. There isn't just like, a, oh, I always want a leper. Yeah, it oh, feels I like there's a balance. Always there, want a healer. There's true balance in terms of party composition because it's like, yeah, this dude's good at this, but they're also bad at this, so... Yeah, do I want to do this? Well, that's all I have right now. And there's four different areas that are happening too, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, the cove, which has more fish-based enemies, uh, are really strong against bleed damage, but weak against poison damage. So you probably don't want to bring your Houndmaster in who's a, specialty, who's a specialist in making the entire enemy party bleed because they have high bleed resistance. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, or you maybe want to bring someone like the the bounty hunter into into the cove because one of their abilities ignores armor from the other people. And some of those fish with fucking shields, yeah. you attack them and you do two damage at a time. And then you're like, <laughs> so there's not a right composition for each level. And there's also not a right composition for each player. I'm sure if you compare what Nick and Maya's favorite composition is, it's different. We, we, have, we, have, we have different play styles, and the game is balanced well enough to enable different play styles. If you're someone who wants to, like, be, be a flame that burns really bright and does a ton of fucking damage but might miss, you can do that. If you're someone who wants to be more conservative and, like, have two healers in your party and then just one person who you, like, buff up to a super person, you can do that, you know? You can, you can edge your, your bets to be as safe or as risky as you want, which is also fun. I think that people develop like their own favorite types of heroes, but even then they change. I didn't play with a lot of Bounty Hunter up front or a lot oh, of Hellion up front. Oh, I love the Bounty Hunter. But then I proceeded to use more. Well, I thought at the beginning that the Bounty Hunter using their stealth to move two back and then like, you know, take a turn to just buff themselves. It's like, why would I waste a turn? Yeah. Every turn's valuable. And that's the thing too, because you're balancing like, can I go one more turn without healing? 
dude, can I go a turn without stunning? Can I go a turn without doing damage? Can I make it two more turns? It's, it's a game about constant gambles. And, and anytime you make the wrong choice, you can only blame it on yourself for making the wrong choice. And therein lies the great design. Yeah, and the, it's designed around greed. And, and I think that... I think the one mechanic of this game that I think truly defines what Darkest Dungeon is all about is the mid-dungeon camping moment. I think that camping moment is dun- Darkest Dungeon distilled to a single mechanic because after trekking through a long dungeon, your characters get tired and hungry, so you have the ability to camp out in the middle of a dungeon. In some dungeons, because dungeons are short, medium, and long. Correct. So medium and long dungeons, you automatically get firewood to turn a room into a campsite. But the interesting thing is, when, you're, when your player party is camped around the campfire, you have the choice to go through each player or each character and decide, what do I want to do? Do I want to, as my bounty hunter, tell an off-color joke about, or a morbid joke? Because, like, one, it'll lighten everyone's spirits but there's a chance that it ruins someone else's like sanity do i tell a death joke because like it'll make everyone laugh a little bit but there's a chance it might hurt someone's sanity or do i just spend the moment healing while simultaneously sacrificing there's so much like story building that happens in these moments that if if you are like susceptible to like well why did this happen your imagination fills it in and I think we've all been there where we're like in a dire situation and someone tells, you know, a dark joke and it makes us feel better. But you also understand how it could also Most hurt of our time at the attack. But go on <laughs> how it could also hurt someone's morality or, or um, I'm sorry, um, someone else's mindset, because like, oh, man, you got me started. You started got me thinking about death and now I feel weird about it. Like there's just something about taking a pause and deciding, do I do something for the sake of helping everyone's sanity that has the potential to do it? Or do I go the more practical route and fill stomachs by eating food? Like there's just, there's an interesting balance that that particular moment in the game does that I thought was a good encapsulation of very indicative of a lot of the choices you have to make in Darkest Dungeon, which is so good. And we haven't even gotten to how good, how good the narrator is. How I think this game wouldn't be nowhere near as interesting without the narrator. It has like a Stanley Parable thing. Yeah, Stanley Parable slash Bastion thing, where I just feel like the narration helps truly encapsulate what you are feeling in any given time. But it's also like delivering this profound insight into like humanity at every constant turn. Like only in time will you understand the true extent of my failings, which is just like... Jesus, what a loaded statement that is. Like, it's so good, though. Like, I wish I had written something like that. That's so smart. I think I can just tell everyone that if you've had Darkest Dungeon on the brain and you probably haven't tried it, put it on a wish list. Okay. Put it on a wish list. You can get it dirt cheap now. You, you, you should get it on a Steam sale. You can get it on a sale on your Switch. However, I do have to give... I have... Some words of caution about Darkest Dungeon. Aside from the fact that it might just suck you down a hole into your own Dark Dungeon. I waited to play it on the Switch, which was nice. I could go outside. I could play it at nighttime outside. But I have never in the last, I don't know, 10 years 
played a game that is so poorly controlled on the Switch. <laughs> I cannot even... I'm, I'm waving my Switch right now. I cannot even begin to tell you how... The game is not meant for a controller amount of buttons. It was very clearly designed for a keyboard and mouse, and they might have done their damnedest to be able to figure out how to adapt it to a Switch, but the amount of confusion you have to go through in order to properly control anything is crazy. The amount of holding the trigger buttons to toggle different things, then you can use your other sticks to actually select them. The fact that the right analog stick pushing in, clicking the right stick is a core button press is a horrible idea. The fact that you have to just interact with the touchscreen more often than not to be able to do what you want is bad. This game works on a Switch. It works. I've played the whole game on the mm-hmm. Switch. But I have never been so frustrated with the control scheme of a game almost ever. Because it's not meant for it, and they try, but it's, but it's really not there. And you get used to it. That's the thing. Eventually, you kind of get used to it. You'll figure it out. You'll, you'll, you'll get used to a rhythm. You'll memorize all the buttons. But it really takes a minute, and it gets confusing. And sometimes it feels like things just don't work. Yeah, I mean, right before we recorded this podcast, I played the entire game on PC. So Joey just had me play a dungeon with his Switch. And it's... It's been a really long time since I've played a game that I just didn't immediately, intuitively understand how it worked from a like pressing button standpoint. I think there's a thing that we've all kind of come to terms with when it comes to playing video games that, like, I think video games are truly bad, especially now at teaching you how to play them. They make assumptions about you understanding, knowing how they work because they assume you've played another video game before. But nothing could prepare me for the complete and utter confusion of trying to select a quest in Darkest Dungeon, building a party, selecting a party, entering a dungeon, buying supplies, and navigating the dungeon than playing the Switch version of this game because every single design choice around trying to decide what button to press simply makes no sense. It it takes all your (laughs) game literacy and just turns it on its head. It's like, did you think you knew what was happening? (laughs) Fucking wrong, dude. It feels like I'm playing an MMO to some extent where I have to like hold a button down in order to activate this modifier. Like You have to like hold your control button for your alt menu. It's just so silly. And again, it's easy for me it's easy for me to lay down that armchair criticism. It's like these people don't know how to design for a controller when clearly the game is very complicated in the terms of how many different things you can select on a given screen, but like I don't know, just make the left analog stick and the left D-pad just your global select button. I've no idea. I again, I'm not a designer, so I don't know, but I feel like that's the right choice because that's how I kept trying to treat the controls on the Switch. Dude. It's just, it's very complicated. Keyboard and mouse preferred Switch possible if you need to do it. I did it. I lived with it. It's, it, it'll be frustrating for a minute. You'll learn eventually. I think this game could be like a good iPad game. Great iPad game. Could be a good iPad game. Um, But it's, 
it's one of those things that I think we'll continue to preach about and use an example because it does so many things right, I think, in the school of game design. And people care about it. It has, it, has, uh, it has a little bit of a following, probably one that's unjustifiably small, actually. Like, I think it, it probably deserves more people who are like, man, this is really good because it is really good. Did you know that two years ago they teased a Darkest Dungeon 2? Yeah. TBD. N- zero information since that initial tease. You know my Switch is broken? No, what's wrong with it? Oh, it doesn't stay docked? Or it doesn't stay, like, locked in? This one, this one does. But one one of my Joy-Cons just doesn't stay. Dude, bad Joy-Con. I don't know if it's the Joy-Con or if it's actually the Switch. I also have... Yeah, I've noticed that when I played Paper Mario, that the back of your Switch is like, I was like, did Joey drop his Switch? I did, and I didn't realize it. <laughs> that would have broken my heart. Joey, I think we've sung the praises of Darkest Dungeon enough. What are we playing next? I think that we should continue on this game, um, on this uh, path of old indie games that joey hasn't played that joey will now play because you know (laughs) the backlog right get it um which means that i think we should in order to do that justice we should go back to the earliest of indie games Uh, i'm still trying to figure out where you're going for this and i think that the game that we should talk about next is cave story whoa Wow, what a left turn. I was not ready for this. We did not discuss this, but I'm interested. Go on, Joey. What led you to this decision? Just what I was saying. I mean, we're, we're talking I, about we're talking about indie games that are like kind of respected and like ones that that were kind of missed or, or like passed over. But K Story is like almost you can you can paint that as like the grandpa of indie games. It right? feels like truly the first time I heard the word indie in relation to video games, it was Cave Story, which was and still is available as a free game on PC. You can still play the original Cave Story on PC. Or you can just buy it on the Switch like I just did. I, I bought a... This is my... I think it might, it might be the rarest game I own. I own a physical copy of Cave Story from Japan. It's pretty cool. It's pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> so I think we'll go ahead and we'll talk about Cave Story. The original indie game. Yeah, then you know we can just be done with any games forever, right? Like we did it. We, we're we, done. We figured them out. Yeah, we figured them what out. What about Jonathan Blow's Braid? Dude, that game's not great. It's alright. It's fine. It got too much. It's no witness. The witness is so much better. Nah, I like Braid better. That's but because you can't do the witness puzzles because your head's too cloudy. That is your homework for the next time we do Garbage Game Club. You will be playing cave story it's a game you've undoubtedly at least heard about because let's face it you like video games a lot right i think they do i think they do i think they do so until next time play some cave story goodbye